Welcome to the Austin Forum Upload, the podcast of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. We are coming to you weekly now and excited about bringing information about the pervasive and emerging technologies that are transforming how we live, work, learn, play, and more. I'm Jay Boisseau, the Executive Director and Founder of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, and I'm very pleased to have as guests today, Michael Scharf and Jason Scharf. Guys, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Jay. Great to be here. Really excited to talk. So Michael and Jason are the producers and hosts of the Austin Next podcast. So our topic today is how technologies are changing Austin and how Austin is leading in developing those technologies that are changing society. So we're going to explore several questions around that. But one of the interesting hooks today, and you may have figured it out from the intros, is that Michael Scharf and Jason Scharf are father and son. And one of the things I really like about their podcast is that in episode zero, they introduced each other. So I'm going to ask them to repeat that because I loved father and son introducing each other. Michael, how about you introduce Jason and then vice versa? Well, my co-host is Jason Scharf. He is a health tech executive and early stage investor with some... 40 different investments under his belt. And uh, my father and co-host, Michael Sharp, is an advisor and board member for multiple companies in fintech, cybersecurity, spent 30 years in banking, and now pretty much uh, serves as a CEO whisperer. Well, that's, that's great. I really think it's cool how you two are working together on this. But even more importantly, how your podcast is informing people, not just Austinites, but people about some of the special sauce that is here in Austin. And each week you're exploring a different topic about Austin. Oh, actually, some weeks you go on digital road shows and look at other cities as well. And I like that too. But often it's about some aspect of Austin that contributes to how it is leading, how it is innovating, how it is changing. And that's what I really want to delve into today. And especially because there's significant overlap between the Austin Forum on Technology and Society and your Austin Next podcast that discusses, on many episodes, technology and society. So how about for the first easy question, uh, start off by telling our listeners about your podcast purpose, objectives, and intended audience. Well, the podcast um, is focused upon, like you said, the changes in Austin as it adapts to become a real technology and innovation hub. And we're never going to be, nor should we even try to be, the next Silicon Valley, but to really leverage what we have as the first Austin. So we've looked at the history of Austin as an innovation powerhouse. We've looked at multiple technologies and their adaptation, uh, both to where and how Austin is uh, making these happen and how the technologies are changing Austin. And then finally, um, we've looked at, you know, we always answer, excuse me, we always ask our final question, what's next, Austin? And, you know, the podcast started really as the collision of, if you will, three streams. Both Jason and I have experience in doing media in the past. Um, I've done, you know, news writing for television stations and radio stations. And as a consultant, I did some videos and the like for my own business. Jason did some podcasting uh, for one of the corporations he used to work for. So that's the first stream. The second stream is that we're both very interested in innovation. 
Uh, I've started working with high-tech companies in the innovation space during the first uh, dot-com explosion. And then, you know, Jason, like I said, has multiple investments as well as the companies he works with. And the third stream really was how we came to be in Austin. And, you know, you'd have to set the Wayback Machine for 2020. And as you can imagine, when the pandemic hit, California locked down fast and hard. And come the summer, um, you know, Jason and I are sitting around, much like we are today. And he says, we're going. And we want you guys to come with us. And I've been lucky enough that uh, working on my own for a long enough time that it didn't matter where I was geographically. So we all upped and moved and we arrived here in December of 2020. And over that period of prepping, we had looked at a number of podcasts. I you know, basically searched everything with the name Austin in it, came across this great podcast called the Austin Forum Upload, as well as some others. Um, but we wanted to, to create something with a unique voice. And that voice was how the infrastructure we have in Austin supports innovation. And then again, the flip side of it's what's innovation doing to, to Austin? How do we become more than the live music capital of the world? How do we become a real innovation powerhouse? And what does that, what does that do to the city and the character of the city and the region? So that's how we we started the podcast. We uh, kicked we actually kicked it off during the superstorm in February of 2021. That's when we made the decision to pull the trigger. Uh, we started recording in May, and our first episode was launched right after Independence Day 2021, just about a year ago. And what do you want your listeners to learn from or get from this? Is it meant to inform, inspire? create action? How would you describe the intent, the objectives of your podcast? All three of the above with respect to different segments of the audience. So when we're talking, when we're talking to that segment of the audience that is the innovators and the new companies, we want them to understand just what the resources are here in Austin because they're amazing. When it comes to companies that provide those resources, whether they're funders, whether they're government, uh, whether they're um, the, the legal and the, the accounting community here, we want them to understand where some of these new innovations are coming from. Um, you know, our first episode was with John Butler from UT, and we were talking about the history of Austin as an innovation system, and he talked about how George Kuzmetsky had to convince our local attorneys and CPAs that they could take stock in lieu of cash fees in helping companies. And this is like in the late 80s and early 90s kind of thing. And, um, you know, some of these law firms did really, really well. And some of the CPA firms did also. So there's always been a, a, a multitude of resources. And so we end up with talking to different segments of the audience. I think something also that's pretty interesting if that I've noticed looking back is the objective has changed over time. So I always joke, we, we don't do seasons, but if you actually listen, you can kind of group together by the types of questions we asked, what's on our mind, right? And really, if you think about our early 2021 episodes, it, the objective was very much a, what is Austin? 
right? We talk about, you know, we talked with uh, the, the Round Rock Chamber of Commerce. We did some deep dives. We looked at a couple, you know, some VC firms. And it was really kind of asking that question. And it, it felt very much like a, hey, we're new to Austin. What are the things that we want to know, right? And then as we kind of saw some through threads uh, through those episodes, we noticed a lot of like the challenges were all the same. Everyone kind of talked about talent and infrastructure. So if you look at kind of like the first, you know, 10, 15 episodes of this year, it's been kind of starting to focus on what are the challenges that we're facing and what is uniquely Austin, right? You We've done some digital road trips that are kind of also serving as that compare and contrast as we think about what's unique to us, what's our special sauce. I think something that we've leaned into hard is the first Austin. And what does that mean? And when we talk to people from Nashville, Atlanta, San Diego, Chicago, what does it mean to be there? And it's different and it's not, I've personally never liked the Silicon X moniker, right? Whether it's Silicon Hill, Silicon Alley, Silicon Beach, whatever, uh, because you're, one, if you're over ever comparing yourself to something else, you're never going to be as good as the original, right? And so it doesn't it doesn't allow you that opportunity to grow in different ways versus, you know, I think what's interesting is, you know, something happened recently, right? So um, uh, consensus, the the blockchain crypto conference that's coming that's now moving from New York to here. And one of the interesting things I read about that is they're becoming more festival, like so they're saying hey to be uniquely austin we kind of have to take a little bit of what south by does that's what a you know a conference here in austin looks like and that's good that's that's our flavor that is kind of what is what it is that that becomes uniquely us and we've kind of seen that as we've gone and come up with these ideas of you know what are the austin superpowers but i think it's interesting in the last like week and a half or two weeks i think that the objective has shifted again um, and you kind of notice probably in the next few episodes as we're starting to have, uh, as they come out, as we, we usually record, you know, a, a month to six weeks out in advance, is this sense of optimism that, that we have. And we think there are strong opportunities and things that are coming and trying to really kind of promote that as well. Um, you know, an episode that we actually recorded this morning that will be out in a few weeks all about energy and, you know, energy transition and obviously lots of things going on with, you know, gas prices and oil and all of that. But one of the questions that we got into and talked about was, we are going to get through this. We are going to be in a world of abundant energy. And what does that mean for innovation? And I think that's one of the things that we, you know, we really are starting to, that, that's kind of the next shift. And I think you'll see that in the next, you know, 10, 15 episodes is that very much is on our minds about how do we change the narrative to be very positive and be very optimistic, even as, look, as we record this, like we were, you know, glo globally clearly heading towards a recession and it's going to be bumpy, but, you know, how do we get through the other side? And the other side of thing looks good. Right. Well, uh, well I'm going to get back to that positivity and the implications of that in a few questions, but, but let's stay on that positivity bent for right now. Um, what have been your favorite tech topics so far? So I'd like each of you to tell me what your favorite technology topic. And I realize, again, Austin Next has covered many technology topics and some that aren't all are about Austin, but many of them are directly or indirectly about technology. What is, what is Which technology topic has most excited you in doing this podcast so far? Well, given 
in a previous life, I did a lot of energy work as an investment banker. Our episode this morning uh, was one that was was really interesting to me, and I think the um, the listeners will will love it when it comes out because it does talk about the technologies that are currently and will soon be available that'll make a dramatic difference. Um, and and Jason just mentioned the fact that we, when we talk about energy abundance, what does that change? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I've been doing some work with a company that has a lot of overseas. Uh, operations in very poor countries, and you see what the in potential changes are with with small investments in energy. And so that was that was great. Um, we've got one coming up on architecture and how architecture impacts innovation. There's so many things going on in downtown Austin, and I know that that architecture is going to impact how Austin looks at uh, innovation and how we're able to support the companies that are doing the work in in healthcare, in space and defense, in other areas. Jace, you want to talk about a couple of yours? Yeah, so I'll go back into episodes that are currently available and okay. I'll cheat in one way. So one I'll say is our you know conversation with Scott Collins and uh, the deep dive on life science. Now, Clearly, that is my personal bias coming through as a, you know, someone who is heavy into that space. But one of the things that I really liked about learning that is it comes to the fact that we have so many different industries and it's the convergence of those different industries and how that is showing up in life science. I know when when we moved here, I came with the idea of, okay, this isn't San Diego. This isn't the Bay Area. This isn't Boston. It is a more nascent uh, life science uh, ecosystem, but that was actually a positive. It means like I can make a bigger you know, effect. I'm not one of 100,000 people. And that was the mindset that I went into this. And this was you know, when we moved in the early 2021 and um, you know, we, we had that conversation in, in the fall. And what was amazing to me and loved kind of diving in with Scott on that topic was the fact that, okay, in the year that I was here, this nascent ecosystem had a hundred, a few hundred million dollar exit, a billion dollar exit, multiple unicorns, numerous 30 to $50 million raises, at least half a billion to a billion dollars of VC funds raised that are focused on this. So that got me excited. I always kind of joke, it wasn't that it's not that the life science ecosystem here wasn't nascent. It was um, a secret and the secret's out now. And that so just really for my own personal bias that was really exciting the other one that i really liked was our talk with ed latson uh doing the deep dive on manufacturing because when we talk about the first austin and the differentiations and the secret sauce the not only is one is that we build things right and that that is unique and i think especially what one of the things that we saw through the pandemic is we need to physically build things and that's important, right? And, um, you know, the global supply chains are a lot more fragile than any of us realized, right? Uh, you had, you know, a single ship in the uh, Suez Canal block and caused, you know, untold amounts of, you know, economic damage for what, I think two weeks and it was billions of dollars. So understanding that as our secret sauce and how technology and future forward that is becoming it's not, you know, we build rocket ships, we build EVs, we have high-end robotic uh, uh, companies, we do CPG, we, we build it all. And I also think 
tying into obviously the technology and society um, thesis that you look at, it's also one of the things that is going to, I think, drive our sustainability as an economic ecosystem. Because when you have Tesla hiring high-end jobs for high school graduates, that is a middle class that we can sustain and not the kind of the bifurcation that we've seen in some other places. And so those kind of connections, I think, are the ones that have gotten me really excited. I love all those topics. And we have some overlap, of course. Uh, Scott Collins, great friend of mine, spoken at the Austin Forum multiple times. He's the founder of Bio Austin. Uh, he'll probably be on stage for us at our live event in August of this year. We're, we're working on the plans for that now. Energy, of course, Michael brought that up. That's a big topic for us. Uh, every fall, we cover that. This year, I think it's going to be in November. And, and we've covered manufacturing in the past, but I'm really glad you brought that up, Jason, because we haven't scheduled anything in the podcast or our live in-person events with that. But it's been on our in our queue to reschedule since we haven't had one on that topic in probably, I'm going to say, four or five years. And there's a lot going on in robotic manufacturing, 3D printing, and all these other areas. And we have great companies like Icon here, 3D printing homes. Um, lots going on. And I, and I read more and more about the relocalization of manufacturing. We've seen the weaknesses in uh, global supply chain issues during this pandemic and how frail they are. And the, you know, they may be cost optimizers if everything's going right, but they can have tremendously negative impacts in things like pandemics or other geopolitical considerations. And with these new technologies, a lot of people are expecting the relocalization of manufacturing. Now, it may not be as human intensive either. So when you take you know, mass human labor out of the equation, you can afford to place the manufacturing technologies where the resources start or where the products finish, as opposed to moving things around the world for low-income, low-cost labor. So very excited about that topic, Michael. I look forward to uh, covering that and keep continuing to track the topics that you're covering and vice versa. I hope. Well, now you've just made sure that I'm going to be at multiple events coming up. Well, um, one of the differences is probably that the Austin Forum on Technology and Society probably leans a bit more into the latter words than the former. You guys are very Austin focused and it's very admirable that you're diving in to the to the DNA of what makes Austin special and looking at different aspects of that. We are probably complementary to that. We're a little bit more focused on the tech and society and not even all of our speakers are from Austin or are giving an Austin flavor. Um, for example, uh, coming up in a month or so, we have Jeanette Spaulding coming back from Invenium to talk about cryptocurrencies and NFTs and DeFi and things like that. And she's going to fly into Austin for that. But um, I really like your focus on, on a given ecosystem and how these technologies and leadership and innovation in these and startups and funding for these is building this unique environment here. Kudos on that. It's all about getting that unique voice and therefore being able to serve the people that are listening to our respective podcasts or going to your events. And I think you're absolutely right. What we do is very complimentary. It's not replacement for what you're doing at all. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll share some of the same guests as the leaders you know, emerge here in Austin. I hope that we'll find uh, and give them multiple outlets with different contexts 
for sharing what they're doing and why it's important to Austin and why it's important to the world. On that bent, what technology topics are you most excited about covering coming up? And Michael, you actually cheated on the last question and gave one you covered and one coming up. So I'm going to ask you for a different one that you're excited about coming up. In a number of the podcasts that we've done over the last year, and, and I think Jason mentioned this, we come up against some of the same challenges, you know, talent, infrastructure, and housing comes up over and over again. And, and Jason just mentioned also about being able to support a middle class. You can't support a million a middle class if your homes are a million dollars plus. Um, I would love to have Jason Ballard on and talk in depth about Icon and how Austin has supported him begun to deploy their products and how those products are going to make a difference both here in Austin and elsewhere. I mean, it's great. He's talking about building, you know, part of the base on the moon and part of the base on Mars. And that's great. I can geek out about that all day long, but right now I'd love to just sit and have a chat with him about what's going to happen here. Um, We'd love to have, you know, Michael Dell on. We'd love to talk about, all the things that Dell and Dell's companies have done over the past almost what forty years now here in Austin, mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I joke that I'd love to have Elon Musk on, and I'm probably going to be the only person that doesn't ask him for something specific uh, because in the work we're doing overseas we use Starlink, and I want to show him what happens when you bring Starlink into a uh, a situation where they've never used the internet before. So, you know, um, there's three that I'd love to uh, have an open invitation to all three of them to come on. We'll make a point. We'll do it wherever and whenever you want. <laughs> that's, that's a great group. Um, Jason, what about you? What technologies are you excited about covering in the months ahead? Really like to talk about the tech convergence. And I think it, it is, we've done a lot of these kind of individualized sector dives, right? We've done semiconductors, we've done crypto, and we we are starting to get into some of those, you know, in, in single questions, how these things converge. But that's some of the things I really want to get into is, is let's talk about how AI, in a whole episode on AI affecting life science, or, you know, back to the, I know we, we, we geek out a lot about icon, but, you know, 3D printing and construction. So, having those types of topics that we can think about that are really bringing them together and then leaning into that. And this is a special sauce, right? This is something, you know, unique to Austin. And so, because I think that, you know, and not to, 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 to focus on, you know, life science so much, but when I look at, you know, what are things and the types of tech coming out of UT and, the speed at which things compared to, let's say, UC San Diego or MIT and Stanford, I don't expect us to be a huge hub of, you know, I've got a druggable target. We've created a new biologic mm-hmm. boost. Like, that's not what I expect to be the, the bread and butter. If you're to tell me, hey, we have an AI platform that does de novo drug design, I'm like, yeah, that, I totally expect that to be. And this kind of computation uh, meets um, healthcare to kind of steal uh, Jim Breyer's term in this. So that's the stuff I'm really excited is how do we start putting these things together? Because the third aspect that comes when you bring these different things together 
is you start to have business model change. And you can say like, hey, I can approach this differently. And you can only do that in this kind of cross, uh, cross sections. If you would ask someone in life science, I don't know, 15 years ago, what are you doing about e-commerce? The answer would have been, what are you talking about? You know, what does e-commerce mm-hmm. have anything to do with that? Versus, you know, I, you know, I was formerly at Illumina, a uh, big, you know, genomic sequencing company, yeah. which obviously the, the majority, it's a, you know, razor, razor blade business. You have the sequencers and you have reagents. And hey, the people who bought our reagents would buy the same ones over and over again on consistent basis because they're doing the same experiments. And it's like, we need to build an e-commerce platform because it's like, if I can do this on Amazon, why can I do it with you guys, right? And that's that's a bleeding between these different technologies that, that that's what really gets me excited. Great. I, I look forward. I hope you, Michael, I hope you get your three big guests and, and Jason, I, I completely agree with you about the excitement around that. I mean, you know, the the the, the opportunities for Austin in biotech. And like you said, we're not going to be San Francisco, Boston, or San Diego anytime soon. We'll never be identical to them ever, as you've pointed out. But combined with the other sectors that are strong here, I fully expect us to leverage our semiconductor sector, our computer sector overall, to do some interesting things in the computational side of biotech. I'll say that a couple of the topics that I'm really excited about covering in the Austin Forum, and I'm always excited about all, I mean, every month it's my favorite topic. So I'll, I'll share a couple that I haven't scheduled yet, at least not recently, that I'm excited about scheduling again coming up. The space industry in Austin and Texas just continues to grow. And, you know, uh, it, it, Texas has got to be the, the hub of space com- private space companies now in the country. And, you know, it's not just SpaceX, it's other companies uh, launching from places within our state. And you've got now the company that Mora Baja, a professor at UT uh, founded called Privateer, that is doing the next stage in these space companies, trying to map space junk. So we we think of space as wide open, but we put so much stuff up there. Um, that's, a, that's a real problem. And I, I look forward to talking to him about that soon. And then uh, my, my favorite, my personal favorite from the computing side, um, I have to give credit to my friend Worley. He's the CEO and founder of Strangeworks. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in quantum computing. I know it's one of those things that people say, oh, it's it's forever or it's never going to be practical or something. Those people are wrong. It's not going to be for the physics is well understood. We're just in the engineering phase now. How do we make it you know, more resilient, uh, you know, less noisy or more error correcting in it? and make bigger systems that last longer at a lower cost. So it's really in that engineering phase. And I, I, we got to get Whirly back on stage again soon, or at least on the podcast again soon, talking about that, because I think we're going to see, we have a lot of hype around quantum in the last six to 12 months. Um, there's going to be too much hype and some companies are going to get shorted and things like that. But I think we're very close to entering the beginning of the golden age of quantum, that that golden age, that beginning is going to stretch out over a few years, but I, I think it's coming. This is one of those things. Quantum is, is a great example of how slow it is to get the technology ready for commercialization until it isn't. <laughs> right. And once that inflection point hits, I suspect it's going to hit soon, and I suspect that we're going to see quantum computing just become vitally important to so much of what we're doing, whether it's in medicine, whether it's in crypto or other technologies. Um, 
it, the, the adoption is going to be incredibly rapid the day that the stuff is ready. Yeah, an old mentor of mine once pointed out that humans are terrible at thinking in terms of exponential progress. We can solve exponential equations, but in terms of our subconscious, we think in terms of tomorrow will be the same as today, or sometimes we can get our head around linear progress. But exponential progress has that sudden steepening phase that you were just referring to, Michael. And I like the odds of that phase in quantum because it's one of those areas where uh, capitalism and national security interests line up really well. And on the on the money side of that, it's not just making money, it's protecting money because of the encryption and decryption issues around it. So all the interests line up well. We're seeing billions and billions invested worldwide. So looking forward to covering that one. And I encourage you to get Whirly on your podcast as well. He always gives a great interview. Um, we, we've done a lot of positivity so far. I do want to make sure that we're always objective and making sure that we, you know, try to discover our blind spots. I'm going to ask you a question next and, and postulate something. Your podcast is very positive. Austin is great. We do have problems and all the success leads to some challenges. Are you getting any feedback from any of your guests or any of your listeners about the dark side of this rapid growth in industry in Austin and the raising prices, the pressures on certain communities and things? Are, are you, do you discuss that much? I haven't listened to all of your episodes yet, but do you discuss that much? Or are you hearing much feedback about it? But I think it it's not through. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, it's not something specifically you said, like we've we've gone into and said, like, what's the dark side of it? But it's come up in, in different ways. And, and we talk about housing and that's kind of come up a lot. And I think as also as someone who's recently bought a house um, and understanding the uh, the uh, it was it was as we were looking, I always kind of joke with my wife, do not look at what the house price was three years ago. It's just going to depress you like that's not it. It's a non uh, it's a non factor. And so we have the growth challenges. Right. And the growth challenges of it's great. Lots of people are moving here. So we need infrastructure. We need power. We need water. We need houses. Right. Like These are some of the things. And part of that flavor, right? We talk about the dark side, but I see some of the things we talk about, like the bifurcation in some of these big ecosystems like Silicon Valley, where the middle class can't, you know, if it's a million dollar a year house, um, you can't really afford that if you are a, um, anything in the middle class, what you want to call creative, you want to call it a, a, a manufacturing worker, whatever it is. And how do we think about that? Um, one of the things that I get the, 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 you know, one of the biggest, I don't want to say dark sides, but in this kind of case, and, and I, um, when I was at South by, um, you know, Morgan from Silverton said this, when I asked the question of the Texas unicorns um, panel, I've said like, what's the secret sauce? And, and actually he kind of flipped it and said, you know, remember why you moved here. Remember why other people are coming here. Right. So I get the fact things are changing and everybody you talk to, well, gee, if you had been here five years ago, it would have been totally different. And I'm, positive in five years, we'll probably say the same thing, right? So um, understanding that and the, and the change, but it's the same thing of like, you know, we're the live music capital in the world. And if musicians can't afford to live here, that changes what we are, right? Yeah. Um, now where I'm going to 
cheat a little bit and go on some of the positivity, right? Is that, and I think this is where I want to change, we were hoping to kind of change the mindset is lots of people are saying, okay, we have a housing problem. We have a housing problem. hundred percent agree. We are, do not have enough houses for, you know, for the number of people that are moving here and want to, but we are actually doing something about it and growing. So here's a, here's a, a stat that just blew my mind when we saw this, right? So last year, this is permit, so it's not, it's not full of construction, but last year, Austin Metro um, approved 50,000 housing units, which were about half um, single family home, half multi, uh, you know, multi-unit. And that's for a population of 2.3 million people, right? The Newark Metro, which has 20 million, so 10x the number of uh, people that we have, approved 50,000 units. So we are building our way. We are taking action to do things from this. It, you have to take action. You can't sit back and say, okay, you, you know, we've, we don't have enough houses. Well, that's terrible. Like we have to build, we have to, you know, we have to have technology. We have to have um, people wanting to make these changes. We have to address the questions of like, we talked about getting the creative class. I want musicians to be able to make a living. Right. And this is, you know, I know you've had Paul O'Brien on and we spoke to him as well. And, you know, it's, how do you think about media tech and this crypto coming in and all these different things of like, are there ways to allow these new models to create a thriving creative class, create a thriving middle class so that this growth in technology doesn't just affect the people like on this call who are steeped in it and work in it. Yeah. And one of the areas that we really have not gotten into in this way um, is education because yes, we've had uh, Bjorn from Ability and we had Garrett from ACC and we've talked about their programs and they're great, but I'm going to say something that some people are going to hate, but I, I don't see how we can take somebody who has graduated in large air quotes from high school with a sixth grade reading level and a fourth grade mathematics capability, put them through any university for four years and come out with a qualified data analyst or machine learning expert. We need to start significantly earlier if we're going to be able to sustain what we've built here. And it's, I don't pretend to know all the right answers. I think Milton Friedman was right in a lot of ways, but you know, you've got Austin ISD and Eames ISD both talking about the reduced level of kids in early grades. And I think a lot of that is due to the pandemic. I think a lot of it's now going to private school and homeschooling. So the question is, how do we, how do we take the kids that are still in, in the public schools and ensure they get a great education? And how do we take the kids that aren't in the public schools anymore and still ensure that they get a great education? Um, whenever we ask, and we always ask the question second to the last about challenges, and people talk about the challenges they face in their niche. Um, but this is one that we're all going to have to face up to and, and take ownership of um, in the next, well, I'd like to say yesterday, but can't. But, but in the next couple of years, we're going to see tremendous changes in this area, and we have to help. We have to make this work. 
thank you both for these answers. I, I love your podcast. I love your positivity. And I love that when I asked the one question about challenges, you both addressed it very head on. But even so, you started to get towards solutions and not just what the what the situation are. And I, so I, I really think with people like you doing podcasts and with other people doing what they do, and I know that you guys do many things in your days to help companies and, and help organizations, I, I think it, it's that kind of mindset that prevents us from uh, falling prey to our blind spots. We, we keep shining a light, knowing what the challenges are, and using the same creativity and innovation that is driving all the positives to turn that also on solutions. And so love what you're doing and I, and I love your mindset about it. Thank you for sharing that. I wanna end with a couple of fun questions here um, and they're meaningful as well because we're on a podcast and we all do this hoping that these podcasts influence people. But let me ask you, what's it like doing a podcast as a father-son combo? I, you're the only father-son pair I've I've ever interviewed or known in the podcast game. So what's that like? For me, it is one of the most amazing and enjoyable uh, aspects of the podcast. I get to see everything that I've helped create sitting across <laughs> the table from me, blowing me away with the types of things that he does. And it's, you know, it's, it's opened up a whole series of great conversations that Jason and I are able to have. And it's just a lot of fun for a dad. You know, it really is. It's been funny that I think this is the culmination of 20 years of conversation. There have been lots of different opportunities and discussions we've had about, we should do this together or that together. There was even actually a short time uh, that, uh, you know, uh, Michael was running a, uh, a, te a um, texting messaging company and I kind of worked there for a short period trying to create a health vertical in that kind of space. And, you know, we had these things and different concepts and even this, it, it went through, you know, the amount of times you asked about the objective that in that kind of February to May perspective where there was debates about what's the objective of this? Why are we doing this? And so it was always kind of fun to do that. And then, yes, we've, we've had these discussions and it was this, you know, I, it was back in, as you said, like October, 2020, when, you know, he said like, Hey, as a, one of the other, yeah, I'll be transparent. One of the other objectives of the podcast is how can we quickly integrate into the ecosystem, right? One is one of the best ways that mm -hmm. we can meet yeah. people. One is the best ways we can have these kind of conversations. So going to be selfish for a minute. That was one of the, you know, streams that went in as well. And kind of said, but what if we did a podcast? And there's just got that moment of like, oh yeah, that's clearly what we've been building towards for, you know, all of these kind of conversations is sit down and have some of these kind of ridiculous conversations that we have behind closed doors with other people and record it. All right. And the last question to end on the most positive note of the night, what advice do you have for Austin techies? If you could only give them one bit of advice as we come out of this pandemic or at least enter a more manageable phase of it. And with everything you've learned about Austin by being here, by being part of this ecosystem, by talking to these leaders, what's a piece of advice you'd give to Austin techie listeners of, of this episode? 
assume nothing. And that goes for the technology side of doing a podcast as well as the content side. Um, I can't tell you how many microphones we've given away just so that we could get better quality audio. And of course, since this is an audio media, the sound quality is everything. Um, and the same thing goes as far as the content. When we had you forced on to talk about South by, this is all brand new. So you come in there and you just assume nothing and, and work hard on the questions that you want to have answered for yourself as well as for your audience. You answered about podcasts and I appreciate that, but what about for our listeners who aren't doing podcasts? What advice do you have for Austin techies to help make drive Austin even farther forward into better circumstances? It's the same thing. It's, it's Austin has a culture that is open and amazing and don't assume it's like any other place where you've been come in fresh be open, be willing to give of yourself. And you'll find that, I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of people I've met in the last 18 months here in Austin. I think there was one that wasn't willing to, to give me the shirt off their back kind of thing and, and say, welcome to Austin. We're glad you're here. And how can I help? And how can you help me? And that open culture is amazing, unique, and wonderful. And don't blow it. Great advice. Jason. I think it comes down to really taking to heart the first Austin. We are building something unique here. And I say we now, right? Because we are definitely there. So part of that is engage. Engage with the special sauce. Engage with the connectivity. Realize that the Austin ecosystem is not downtown, right? It's actually the geographic region is continuing to grow and the pieces that are part of that and figure out how to engage across the board. Everyone is building amazing things, but I think the thing that's going to make us even more special is we talk about the conversion, you know, it's the creative collisions. You've got an idea. I've got an idea. How do those come together? And we all work really hard and we kind of joke about the fact that, you know, the two of us have day have multiple day jobs and multiple things and side hustles and all of that. Um, but, you know, engage in the ecosystem, be part of it, be part of building and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. We just changed the opening for our podcast to express that Austin is changing in real time and Austin is, and Everything that's happening is due to these collisions, due to these people willing to get together and say, let's make it happen. Those are great final parting shots for our listeners. I'm going to give one listeners, please check out the Austin Next podcast. Michael and Jason do a fantastic job with that. They're bringing great content that is very thoughtful. It is very analytical. It is very information packed and it's filled with positivity, but objective positivity about what makes Austin special and unique. I like you emphasizing that point over and over. Um, and we hope you'll also come to check out our live events for the Austin Forum at austinforum.org. Thank you guys for being here. And I look forward to seeing you again in person sometime very soon. Absolutely, Jay. Thanks a lot. Wait for it. 
Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas.